I'm Hillary. That's your four-minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Stu with the start of our show. Thank you so much, Hillary. Uh, going to be a good show today. We're going to start with um, Iran and apparently this disease that is rampant in the media uh, about uh, calling the president all kinds of names. We'll get into that. First, let me tell you about uh, home title lock. Uh you have to be really, really careful with everything that you do today, everything that you do, um, because there are all kinds of people out there that are just trying to get information. People who say, hey, pre-approved credit uh, for credit cards or loan. Be careful if you get a robocall on that, because that could be a scammer trying to steal your home's title. Here's the problem. Homes, title, and mortgage records are online, and when a data breach occurs, millions of home titles and mortgages are exposed to thieves, and that's when trouble skyrockets for you. You need a barrier around your home's online title. You're getting If you're getting a credit card or a, a, a loan robocall or mail, boy, you better get, a, get on the phone now. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com and secure your home's title. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Americans in a new poll say the nation's political debate has grown more toxic and heated. And now more and more Americans say that this could lead to violence. Uh, This is first on my list of the four things that are going to happen in the next couple of years. Polarization grows critical stage. Uh, We will start to see violence in the streets, which we already have in civil unrest, polarization and how both parties really don't get it. But the American people do also looks like we have another problem with Iran. Iran has taken a UK ship also. They announced over the weekend that they have arrested 17 U.S. spies. They haven't given us any details on that, but Iran is saber-rattling in a very dramatic way to the point to where I look at this and say, this is almost becoming the Barbary Pirates, America's first foreign war. We'll give you that in one minute. This is the Glenbeck Program. So, Tacovis boots, I have to tell you, I, I went to tacovis.com uh, and shopped for a new pair of cowboy boots. Uh, and I've been trying to do this here in Texas for a while. But honestly, you go to, um, you go f- try to find boots, and they are just wildly expensive for something of quality or they're crap. I don't know what happened to the boots that were really good quality and affordable until I shopped Tecovis. You go to Tecovis.com. You can buy, because they cut out the middleman, you can find the Western or cowboy boot that is handmade by the best boot makers, very traditional styles. These are not fad boots. They're built to last using only the best materials. They're comfortable right out of the box. Over 200 steps, all hand-stitched. These are amazing, amazing boots at about half the cost of any boot that is of its caliber. Tecovis, Tecovis, check out their site right now at tecovis.com slash back, tecovis.com slash back, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to Monday. Let's get this nasty snake off of our plate right away. Uh, Jason Batrill is with us. Uh, Jason Buttrill is with us now, and he has a look at what has been happening with uh, Iran this weekend. Hey, Jason. How you doing? Uh, wow. Always at the end of the day on Friday, these things start getting crazy. It's yeah. hilarious every time. Um, I still see this as how I've been analyzing this for the past couple weeks now. Iran's not operating from a position of strength. They're operating out of, out of a position of weakness. Mm-hmm. So now they're pushing, pushing, pushing to see how far they can push um, to see if we'll get some kind of overreaction, whether that's we react poorly and then strike something, you know, and escalate the situation militarily. Uh, or they're trying to force us to the to the negotiating table because sanctions are crippling them. Mm-hmm. Um, the last move before this was they were very public, made a statement, and said that we've exceeded our enrichment, uh, you know, uh, uh, production for uh, uranium. Mm-hmm. And then they sat back and watched and waited. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. We didn't do anything. We didn't go crazy. And so they were like, "Well, crap. Basically, what do we do now?" So things escalated some more with the drone. They flew a drone nearby. What would we do? You know, well, we shot the drone down. Um, that was really cool, by the way. Uh, Marine Corps uh, uh, radar blocking sent that. It was just really, really cool. Yeah, it wasn't. We didn't shoot it down. We made it crash, basically. Exactly. Which is pretty fascinating. Jammed it, took control of it, and took it down. <laughs> really crazy. Yeah. Um, but then, again, on, so on Friday evening, I believe, was these oil tankers. Now, what they're trying to do is, and I think it was a grossly miscalculated move by them, because the geopolitics of oil coming out of the Strait of Hermuz have changed. Now, if this would have happened in the 80s, where a vast majority of, of our allies and us got a lot of our oil from uh, uh, through the Strait of Hermuz, we might have reacted differently to this. But now we're just not compelled to to, to react if they do a, a, pull a move off like this because the situation has changed. The economics have changed. Where the oil is coming from has changed. A smaller percentage that go to NATO allies, I would say with, uh, with the exception of Japan, don't really get the majority of their oil from that area anymore. So it's changed. Mm-hmm. So they seize one of these ships. They don't seize one of our ships. They seize a, a weaker ally in, in this. Um, I'll be at the UK, but they seize a weaker ally mm-hmm. and they sit back and wait to happen. Now, the, now the, the I think this was a complete and total lie uh, as far as, of course, how they said this whole thing went down. But they the, the the UK ship said that they were going through the exact channel they're supposed to go through. By the way, it's very hard to steer off that because everything's automated. Mm-hmm. They know exactly where they're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. But they said all of a sudden the their attack boat just you know started surrounding them. The helicopters came in. The Iranians said that they were acting aggressively and strangely, and then they wouldn't cooperate with them, so they escorted them back to Bandar Abbas, which was total and complete just bull. Um, But then again, nothing will come from this. They're sitting back and waiting to see how we're going to react because they're doing everything they can to get us to the negotiating table. The president has to sit back and literally just check this out. You have to check your allies, make sure that everyone else doesn't respond with too much force. Just sit back and let things play out. This is We are in a beautiful, beautiful position right here. We are exactly where we were just before the Obama administration let them, just ruined it, basically. They, the people, the Iranian people were in the streets. They were rioting. Uh, they were this close to pulling off a, a, a regime change on their own, on their own, and then we ruined it. And now look at the ramifications. We are exactly so, in that spot right so now. So are the people beginning, do you believe the people will begin to rise up again? And can they stand that? Because the crackdown will be quite hard. 
Um, yeah, it, it will be quite hard. And it all depends on if they can get um, their internal security force to switch over because that's what's keeping them in check right now. So we say that this is ridiculous that they have our CIA agents, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think the CIA is necessarily there. It might even, I mean, but I wouldn't be surprised if we had somebody there, uh, including special forces. Uh, I, I know people that happened to be on the ground in Poland and other places when the Berlin Wall fell, uh, and their job was to be able to stabilize things, uh, destabilize on the way out, and stabilize on the way in. Um, do you think that they have 17 of our agents? No. That's that's ludicrous. A total, again, a complete and total lie. Uh, the thing is, and if you look at they're more scared right now of internal problems the external problems they're not really mad about or they're not really too concerned about right now their external problems being forced that the sanctions are putting on them but the main focus right now is that force is hurting the people so like i said we i think we were last week i, th- I think food staple prices were 80 uh, have gone up by 80 percent inflation is out of imagine that 80 percent so getting in milk getting in you know, chicken or eggs, all the, the prices it's have 80%. 80 percent. That is higher. insane. Yeah. Um, water is running out. They're having water shortages. Now, you have certain people within their government, within their security services, even IRGC members in the government who are being approached by a lot of these street movements. And they're saying, hey, what are you going to do? What do what do you do? You know, like, what can we do? How can you help us? And then you start seeing some of these people getting accused of espionage by the CIA, which is just ludicrous. They are taking out systematically one by one the people that might cause problems for them once this street movement really erupts. That's what's happening with them right now. So where does it lead? If we stay cool, where does it lead? So <laughs> there's some good there's some good scenarios and very bad scenarios on that. What I think cuz geopolitically a war does not make sense. They know this and we know this. That's why we're not going to do any kind of invasion, which is just stupid. We're not going to escalate it to a full-on war. If you see troops being moved, 500 troops to Saudi Arabia to support this, that's stupid. 500 troops in Saudi Arabia will do nothing but piss off a lot of jihadis that are already people like Al-Qaeda that are in Saudi Arabia. But that's not going to do anything for Iran. It's purely mm-hmm. symbolic. Moving a few F-35s into, uh, you know, into uh, wherever the, whatever air base they went to down there is insignificant. Again, it's not going to do anything. When you see five aircraft carriers start going towards that way, that's significant. But one aircraft carrier there, that's not. Everything is symbolic at this point. So they're not going to go to war. We're, we're, we're not going to do it. I, I see that either the sanctions will continue to put so much pressure that the people out in the streets will put pressure on the government to actually go back to the table and say, okay, how can we get back to the JCPOA? What are the things you want fixed in it? I can see them at least making that gesture and attempting to go back. Either that could happen, the street uh, movement boils over and forces regime change, or the IRGC, which answers only to the Ayatollah Khomeini, does something very crazy. And then everything geopolitically that makes sense goes out the window and something bad happens. That would be an escalation. Like what would they do that, that would cause that? I mean, they're, they're taking tankers. I mean, this, this seems to me uh, very parallel to... The Barbary Pirates, the Barbary Pirates would just take things and the world would put up with it and put up with it and put up with it until Jefferson came and said, look, a quarter of our money, a quarter of the budget is going to pay bribes to the Barbary Pirates. 
we're not doing this anymore. It's it's out of hand. We're a long way away from that. But it seems almost like the Barbary Pirates where they're just seizing things. Um, what is the what's the tripwire, do you think? It's it's an interesting uh uh, parallel there. Uh, I've also thought it was interesting in studying that the Barbary Pirate Wars. They didn't really touch British ships too much. Right. They didn't want to tangle with them. That's right. And notice the British didn't really want to help the new right. uh, U.S. ships that right. were going through there because or the hey, French. Right. Right. It was the, the the Barbary Pirates were helping them out. Correct. Um. Yeah. I I think that. This could get this could escalate if the RGC attacks like a U.S. F- uh, flagship actually attacks them or a U.S. naval ship. Um, it's also interesting that the Houthis in Yemen have pr- kind of they haven't stopped operations against uh, the Saudi forces and the allies that we have there, but almost stopped operations there. The Iraqi militias, uh, the Shia militias in Iraq have kind of stopped their operations. So either they're not getting money or they don't want to push that hard because they fear that escalation. Something could happen to where, let's say they attack uh, a U.S. base, their special forces mm-hmm. and some of us die. That will send this over the edge. If they attack one of our naval boats, that will send us over the edge. And again, geopolitically, it does not make sense. So the actual government in Iran, like President Rouhani mm-hmm. and his foreign minister, Zarif, they're saying, don't do that. Do not do that. Um, but the IRGC and Khomeini, they're 12 or, 12 or Shias. Uh, they don't care about an escalation. And that's all part of the is global Islamic revolution. Yeah, and g- global chaos. Wash the world in blood. Exactly. And that's another thing that worries me. So that worries me, and containing Israel worries me. Because they have a reality on the ground, which is we cannot let them continue to enrich uranium. You guys can sit back and, and say, hey, that's fine. Go mm-hmm. ahead and do it. There'll be mm-hmm. a breaking point. But Israel can't make that choice. They can't make that decision. They have to respond. So if I'm uh, Pompeo right now, the Trump administration, I'm constantly on the phone every single day with Netanyahu saying, calm down. You know, we got this. This is our plan. We back you 100%. We're not going to let it get to that area. Right. But don't send... There was a uh, just that news article last week that said Netanyahu took three F-35s. And this is a leaked report that they wanted to test to see how far they could get to Iran without them detecting it on radar. They said they made it to Tehran and back with three F-35s was never detected. And they said Iran Whoa. is freaked out right now. Good. 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 But Good. Israel's the one to watch right now yeah. and to calm. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. Every week I talk to you about new cyber criminal plots to threaten your security and finances. This week, a new report reveals that some new apps can infect your phone, take your money and control your device. That was the what was the thing last week uh, that they said was from the Russians? Uh, oh, yeah, face app. app yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's these kinds of things that they said that was from the Russians, but. There are these apps that you have to be really, really careful. There's a new species of mobile malware can hide uh, its uh, icon while pretending to be a legitimate operating update. I'm just not opening anything in my email anymore. If I don't recognize your name, I'm just not opening it. <laughs> and even when you do recognize someone's name. Yeah, I know. I know. I but- mean, you get the spam emails all the time. We had something that came in from what is from supposedly from work yeah it uh, was this, amazing there, there was this there was this um letter that came in um and it came to our finance department it came from me had all my signature lines on it had everything oh wow uh and uh luckily our finance department went glenn this doesn't make sense really and i'm like 
could no don't transfer that money <laughs> so you, what do you so it's not in my account it's not, no you did wait, not transfer are you a nigerian ah, prince yeah <laughs> uh anyway lifelock will detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web if they detect your information they're going to send you an alert now yeah, but the equifax by the way was a 700 million dollar fine they're paying now because of the, the breach that happened in 2017. Really? Yeah, that just got settled this, uh, today. Uh, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock sees the threats that you might miss on your own. Join and get 10% off your first year by using promo code BACK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or just head over to LifeLock.com and use the promo code BACK for 10% at LifeLock.com. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. Most Americans in a new political uh, poll say the U.S. has, uh, uh, in the U.S., people have become less respectful, less facts, and less fact-based, and it looks like the country uh, is headed towards civil unrest. Wow, what an amazing, insightful study that is. I mean, geez, where did they come up with that? That's incredible. What are the, the research that must have gone into that? Like looking at the internet once uh, for three minutes. <laughs> but must you, know have what, been. you know what's amazing? <laughs> we don't have, you walk the streets of America and you don't feel it. Unless you're in Portland, you're right. You're in Portland, you're in New York, maybe, but good, maybe. Good example of this is when we talked about the Portland story, when Andy Ngo was attacked in the streets, we said, hey, we want to hear from people in Portland who want to you know, call and tell us what it's like. And without fail i believe they all said yeah it's totally fine unless you know one one of these things is going on you just avoid the city mm-hmm. but other than that it's completely fine and i'm down there every single day and it's completely fine even in a place like portland where there really is an issue i think a lot of times we do really kind of blow this out of proportion it's in our own mind a little group of people that the media is allowing to make us feel like we're surrounded but as I've said in the past, we surround them. It is a very small group. Anyway, uh, people who say the last several years, the tone and nature of political debate in this country has become more negative. <laughs> what? This is the worst study. Of- yes, of course it is. Only 85%. I would say 100% would say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 12% say hasn't changed. 3% say, I don't know, it's more positive. <laughs> Th- what? That's what? incredible. 3%. I mean, if you ask about the moon, what is it? Like 7 or 8% say we did not land on it. Yeah. Uh, which I think is going up now, by the way, which is interesting. Uh, but anything less than 10% in a poll is basically like 0% when mm-hmm. you ask a question like this because there's always there's some people who are just screwing around giving the opposite answer there are some people who are just completely insane uh, so you're always going to get a few percent a 3% is is almost a unanimous poll all right so people um people who say uh that um it's more or less respectful 85% 12% say it hasn't changed. 2% say, I don't know, I think we're more respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, fact-based, 76% say we're more fact or we're, we're less fact-based. Uh, 15% say we're more fact-based. 8%, uh, no, sorry, 15% said uh, there's no change. 8% say we have more facts. That, one's, that one actually is fascinating in that we all have access to more information than we've ever we had, do. right? And so people, it's whether you access it or not. Yeah. And whether you're just 
you know, taking the facts that you want. Like, you know, fact-based implies you're being fair and understanding it and not just looking at your own side's arguments and all of those things. And that's obviously just not happening for a lot of people. Let me ask you this. Are we more focused on issues or less focused on issues? Issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, jeez. We're, we're more focused on the news than we've ever been, I think. We are probably less focused on issues than we've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we are more focused uh, on issues uh, that's 20%. We're more focused on issues. 19% say we haven't changed. And uh, 60% say we are less focused on issues. It's so more I about personalities, personal attacks, things like that. Yeah, it's not right? real issues. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're talking about anything that's real right now. This Mueller thing for Wednesday, that's completely no, bogus. I mean, Mueller himself said, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I'm just going to keep referring back to the, the 448 page study you guys paid me all this money to do. Right. Don't I'm just going to keep telling he you. He said, this is don't my, call me. I've got nothing yeah, to say. This is my testimony. Right. That's what he said. And they're like, well, what if we put people out there and he says the things that are in the report? That'll change people's minds. Like that is, I mean, that's a great point in the study in that like people don't take the time to actually read this, the study, the uh, report. They don't even take a time to read an extended summary of the report. What they do is they get in their own little sides and he's like, look, I did this already. I, I don't want to come testify. And Democrats are like, yeah, but people won't listen to you if they have to read it. You have to say it. It's like, well, wait a minute. What are you talking about? But people are intelligent enough. To, if they want to read this thing, they're going to read it. If they're going to be affected by this, the people who really wanted to understand that took time to say, okay, look, I like Trump or I hate Trump, but let me at least understand what happened here. Uh, and, you know, people did that or they didn't. You're not going to change anybody's mind by this guy coming out and saying the same things that he's already typed out. It's ridiculous. The number of people who think that Donald Trump has changed the tone and nature of political debates. Believe it or not, 20% of the American people say, no, nah, he hadn't changed anything. What? The nature of our political debate? He's changed everything. I think Trump would be pissed at that. He yeah, wants, yeah, Trump would be yeah. really upset. Uh, 55% say he's changed it for the worse. 24% say he's changed it for the better. And then there's that 20% that's like, oh, it's just, it's always the same. You're listening to Glenn Beck. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right. Uh, Anybody who has a mortgage or buying a home right now, you have an incredible opportunity. Interest rates dropping again, and we have a chance to lock up the fixed rate low interest mortgage. Uh, mortgage. Now, uh, if you have a mortgage over 4% or you're in a variable rate loan, Please call American Financing for a mortgage review. Just a 10-minute phone call will save you tens of thousands of dollars over the term of your loan. Uh, They look at the whole financial picture, what bills you're paying, what can be consolidated and paid off. American Financing, I, I trust them for my home loan. You should trust them as well. I caution you, get your financial house in order right now. We may not see these rates again. Data now shows mortgage rates are so low, 6 million of us can save money with a mortgage refi. Go to AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net, or call 800-906-2440. Man, I'm really excited to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Tecovis. I know how ridiculous a great pair of boots can cost. 
Tecovis makes great boots and accessories. They sell their boots directly to the customer, so their boots are half the price of anything that's even similar in quality. They're all handmade with a 200-step process with only the best materials. Their entire line honors the timeless traditional boot styles. No silly stitching or sequins or loud colors or anything else. These are just great boots like my grandfather would have worn. With Tecovis, there's no need to break them in they arrive already ready to be worn immediately comfortably they're easy to order with tremendous customer service Tacovis always has free shipping and free returns check out their boots and their clothing and accessories right now tecovas.com slash back that's t-e-c-o-v-a-s dot com slash back welcome to the uh program mr pat gray from pat gray unleashed a podcast that you can you can watch uh, live every day on Blaze TV. You suck. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? Wow, the crowd uh, am I getting the crowd by my bad, own people uh, in here? Yeah, that's, that's like that's like geez. when I was on with Leno, and uh, you remember that? And mm-hmm. they wrote in, "Whoa, whoa!" I watched it on the teleprompter. Yep. <laughs> that yeah. whoa, we've got some bad reaction. I got a standing not a single ba- bad reaction. No, no, that no, I heard. Nobody not was booing or anything else. Uh-uh. Whoa, we've got some. Uh, we got some dissent here. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was the chant when they said, "Send him back! Send right. him back!" That's right. That was That's a right. little. You awkward. suck. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Pat, welcome to the program. Thank you. How are Great you? I'm. Great. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Because mm-hmm. uh, did, are you watching the Showtime special, The Loudest Voice? Okay. Nobody is watching this. And I think it's because oh, really? nobody's watching Oh, I didn't it. know the ratings were bad. Oh, yeah, horrible. Well, I don't know. They were for the first one, I would imagine. I've kind of enjoyed it. I actually have, too. Yeah, I've I kind of liked too. it. Um, Although they don't have everything right, obviously. I think if they are as right on the sex stuff and the evil stuff, that, you know, that they're claiming as they are on us, they're about 40% right. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the ratings went way, way up for at least episode two. Oh, really? Up 600%. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So I, the first one was only 300,000, but they were up over 2 million. Uh, for the second episode so it seems like it for whatever reason i don't wow. know if there's something big competing, competing against the mm. debut i don't i don't remember exactly but it seems mm. like the ratings have bounced back to respectable levels mm-hmm. so uh, we're watching it this is a story about roger ailes uh and fox and uh, roger ailes that i never never ever saw um the just uh sexual predator that mm-hmm. i never saw uh and i you know i don't I don't know. I, I don't think that it's unlikely that he was like that. Um, but I have no evidence. Never saw. You never it, saw anything. Personal. Never heard it. Right. Never heard it. Uh, Roger was a. He was a good chameleon. He could. He could be who he needed to be around whoever he was around. Uh, he knew how to work a room. Um, but I think they have him pretty nailed. Uh, with an exception of uh, they make him seem insidious on all of the things that mm-hmm. he does and says. And insincere that he doesn't. It almost seems like he doesn't believe the things that he's saying and doing. He's just doing them for power uh, or for gain, for ratings, whatever. I it's, it's a, a the spin on it is like. Uh, Fox was responsible for, well, for instance, last night uh, after the 
Fox and Friends appearance by you, which we need to get into in a minute. <laughs> but they jump right into the acorn thing. And uh, yeah. there was a little space between those two things. And it, and it, and it was not coming it from... It did not come from Fox. No. That was not made up by Fox. That came from James no, O'Keefe. It did. And it wasn't... And they're, they're spinning this like everybody took marching orders from, from Roger and that he mm-hmm. had some big uh, conspiracy that he was doing. I can tell you... Uh, that with a, with a, a, a an exception that I've heard of, but didn't, uh, but I have no personal knowledge of. Roger did not uh, control the spin of anyone. You know, Ro- I know that uh, Bill on the O'Reilly, air, you mean on yeah, Fox? Yeah. Bill O'Reilly was yeah. completely independent. Uh, I was completely independent when Roger never walked the halls. Uh, you know, if I ever saw him, I saw him in his office, he would call and say, can you come to my office? And there was maybe what, six times, eight times in two years, uh, that I saw him they never, I mean, they were always asking for our scripts, uh, in advance. And, you know, a lot of times I would go on the air and I'd go, yeah, turn the prompter off. I'm going to go a different direction. Uh, and, it drove them nuts because they didn't know what I was going to say. They didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, and so there was no collusion with Fox at all that I know of un- with anyone. He was not a puppet master Mm-mm. other than directionally saying, we believe these things. We are going for, you know, uh, a conservative American loving audience. Right, like when he said, we believe President Obama is a racist, and you need to say that on Fox and Friends. Yeah, right. Remember that whole... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, it is remarkable, though, watching this special, because, like, in the, and we should play the clip, but, like, the reaction on the show is Glenn goes on Fox and Friends, he says President Obama is a racist, and everybody freaks out. And it's like, what an antiquated time in oh, which yeah. cable news personalities saying the president was a racist was at yeah. all controversial. That's for sure. Now it's required. It's, you have to do it to get on television. And it right makes now. the accuser a racist. Yeah. yeah. When, uh, when did gee, that start? If that was a thing now, every oh news God. person in the world yeah. would be a and, racist. And look at the, the guys who were against that, in at least in the movie uh, from last night, was uh, Roger was for it. Uh, apparently, and uh, it looked like a Brian Lewis was, was coming unglued. Brian Lewis, who was just the PR mm. guy, and he's like, "Look, you can't be fair and balanced and say that the president is a racist." And I thought to myself, "Look at look at the left making a movie about this and not even recognizing yeah. that they've they've that. more than doubled down. They've they've taken it a thousand fold. Mm-hmm. They also in this made a huge change. I think." Um, here is the uh, here is the the Showtime version of what happened. Should I play this one first? Yeah, the Showtime yeah. one first. Showtime right? version first, and I want you to listen exactly how they put this together. Here's the Showtime version of history. Welcome back to Fox and Friends, where we have a very special guest. Someone we're really looking forward to having. Very, First of all, very, there was no special music. guest. Our good friend Glenn Beck is joining us. <laughs> and here he is. Oh, Glenn, so happy to see you. Tell us what's going on. Uh, how are your biceps, Glenn? Uh, not good. This one's pudding and that one's jello. Well, because you're going to need them. I hear they're having a beer fest on Thursday night at the White House. That is unbelievable. Why? 
Why? For a teaching lesson for the working class? Some sort of a... Who needs to learn what here? This president, I think, has exposed himself as a guy over and over and over again who has deep-seated hatred for white people or Whoa. the white culture. You can't say he doesn't like white people. David Axelrod is white. Uh, Rahm Emanuel is chief of staff. He's white. 70% of the people he sees every day are white. I'm not saying he doesn't like white people. I'm saying he has a problem. He has a... This is a guy, I believe, is racist. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, we say Beck's views do not represent the views of Fox News or News Corp, and then we figure out what the f*** to do with them. Have you seen his numbers? We should give him more airtime. That's all the ruckus. Beck, straight up called Obama a racist on Fox and Friends. Well, he's not wrong. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Roger, we can't just say that. Okay, we have to put out a statement. We have to get ahead of this. Okay, fine. But, you know, but let's just not rise to the occasion when there's no occasion. Just be clear. We're fully committed to Glenn. We're fully committed to his show. Fair and balanced doesn't mean a whole lot when one of your stars calls the president a racist. Mm. It makes it a little hard to protect the brand. I'll decide what the brand is. You put out the fires. I'll talk to Glenn. I, that's a fascinating quote it is by brian lewis there yeah, fair is. and balance doesn't mean anything when you're when your hosts call pres- the president a racist mm-hmm. i mean these people have completely changed on this issue okay so now i want to play what just happened i sat down and what mm-hmm. did i say in you the showtime version you said the uh the you he had a deep-seated hatred for white people right. white culture and i said well no i'm not saying that I'm saying he's a racist. I want you to listen to the actual clip. If we Unbelievable. have Unbelievable. Why? Go ahead. The original from Fox and Friends. And it goes a little bit. Un- why? Yeah, why? Like this. For a teaching lesson? Teaching. Or some sort of a, some sort of a, who needs to learn what here? This president, I think, has exposed himself as a guy over and over and over again who has a deep-seated hatred oh my gosh. for white people oh. or the white culture. I don't know what it is, but you can't sit in a pew with Jeremiah Wright for 20 years and not hear some of that stuff and Context. not have it wash over. Yeah. What kind of president of the United States immediately jumps on the police just like what kind of president would ever say oh well yeah well he's black of course he was breaking into the house you'd never do that this guy has a social justice he is going to set all of the wrongs of the past right but listen he he got you can't say he doesn't like white people david axelrod's white Rahm Emanuel's his chief of staff are white this i think 70 percent of the people that we see every day are white robert gibbs is white i'm not i'm not saying that he doesn't like white people i'm saying he has a problem he has a this guy is, I believe, a racist. <laughs> wow. I've remembered it incorrectly. That's amazing. You reversed That's it. That's amazing. I did, too. Still, they took out all context. Yeah. On the there, Jeremiah Wright And, thing. you know, the Jeremiah Wright stuff and the police acted stupidly because they were white stuff. And, you know, uh, the typical white person. I mean, did, does anybody remember this stuff that he said? That he's a. She that, is a. Yeah. Uh, typical white person who, uh, you know, you know if, if she sees somebody on the street yeah. that she doesn't know, mm-hmm. you know, there's a reaction that's been bred into uh, <laughs> our experiences. Okay, we had that. that. We had that. Typical white person. If you said typical black person, you're automatically a racist. Mm-hmm. So he got completely excused 
from from any any uh, racist tendency from that. Uh, and and if you say somebody has something bred a reaction bred into them, yeah, uh, that's that's all racist. If stuff. you were to say typical black person and assign a positive attribute, you would be in trouble, mm-hmm. right? Let alone yeah. a negative one that's been bred into them. Mm-hmm. Jimmy the Greek. Yeah. Ask him. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you can't, anymore. can't anymore. You have but... to speak very loud. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but there was context there. There was the police acted stupidly. There was the clinging, white people clinging to God and guns oh, yeah. and and an antipathy toward people who were different than them. Then you got all the Jeremiah Wright stuff. You had this stuff in his book. I mean, there was a ton of context there that led you to wonder whether the guy was a racist yeah. or not. And so the, the the show kind of shows it as uh, Roger being right with you a hundred percent. Yeah, he yeah. walks out of that meeting and he's like, "The guy is funny." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you didn't when you talked to him. You didn't say, "Am I fired?" Did you? No, not that I remember. But because now in the show, now I'm questioning my memory because I I had so strongly remembered this that it was the opposite way. Yeah, they so, got it right on the show. I, I don't so. know. I, I all I remember of that, I think, is. Your face, <laughs> because after the interview, yeah, yeah. and because yeah. I, I knew there was going to be a fire. Storm I came after. back to the office, yeah. and you were there, or were you with me? I was with you at Fox, and okay. we walked back to the office together. And uh, then we got to see Stu's reaction after he found out yeah, what you I said. Do remember? I do mm-hmm. remember the walk back now because you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said that was pretty good. And, and and you were just you white were bone white yeah. and uh i said what and you said you called the president a racist and i said yeah but no it was in context i mean look at what it was and i was trying to sell that because mm-hmm. i really i really believed that it would be kept in context uh and, and not you, so much yeah and you were like i don't think that's gonna <laughs> happen glenn and uh then we walked back had you seen it? I didn't see it. And I'm, Pat pulled me aside. <laughs> you know, pulled me out of a meeting, I remember. And you're mm-hmm. like, did you know what happened this morning? I'm like, what? And, he, and he's like, you know, Glenn called the president a racist. And like, I'm the guy that freaks out over everything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking to myself, wait a minute. Never in American history has someone who called someone else a racist gotten in trouble for being a racist. Right? Like, everyone, yeah, like, it, when you say, hey, that person is racist, that never makes you racist. But in <laughs> right. this one yeah. instance in American history, it did. We lucked out. We lucked <laughs> out. We lucked out. <laughs> wow. Breaking new wow. ground. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, that's on Showtime. It's a, it's an interesting look. I don't know how accurate it is. More accurate than our memory, apparently. Uh, yeah. Well, on that. On that. It's on that issue. Um uh, all right, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's My Pillow. I met with Mike Lindell. Now he's the inventor of My Pillow, and I have to tell you, uh, I was a little nervous about meeting with Mike because he wanted to be a sponsor, and I didn't love My Pillow. And I, I, when I say My Pillow, I mean My Pillow trademark. <laughs> uh, I didn't love it. I, he had sent me a couple of the pillows, um, and I just. You know, just open. I didn't. I thought they were all the same. And I open up one and I sleep on it. And I try it for two nights. And I'm like, I hate this pillow. And I'd wake up in the morning and my pillow, trademark, would be down on the ground. And I'd had in the middle of the night grab my other pillow. And so I'm walking to this meeting thinking, I don't know how I'm going to tell him because I'm not going to tell him that I love it because I don't. And that might mean that we're not doing commercials for him. And uh, I said hi to him he asked me how do you like the pillow and i said something innocuous and he said you hate it 
And I said, well, I don't love it. Yeah, I kind of know. I don't like it. And he said, um, which, which pillow did you? And I said, I don't know. The white one, the one you sent me. You racist. Why are they all white? <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, he said uh, you got, no, you, you need the whichever label, the opposite label. I think there's like a blue label and a black label or something. And I said, why? What's the difference? And he said, no, the, there are people that like really flat pillows. And he said, and then there are people who like the taller pillow. He said, you lay on your side. And I said, yeah. And he said, so it's really, you know, the, the distance. He said, we've measured it all out. And we've, uh, I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, there's not going to be any difference. I don't like this pillow. I'm telling you, I sleep on this pillow. I love my pillow. I love my pillow. I, I wake up and I haven't. I haven't turned over and fluffed it. You know how you wake up yeah, and you have yeah. to turn over and you have to fluff the pillow? Never have to do it. It's my pillow. Try it now. You can uh, get uh, two premium pillows for sixty nine ninety eight. That's only thirty four ninety nine per pillow, which is an incredible price. It's uh, 800-966-3117, com, or call 800 906 I uh, lost the number here. 906-3117. Use the promo code BECK. It's MyPillow, made in the USA, 60-day money-back guarantee, and a 10-year warranty. 800-966-3117 or MyPillow.com. Use the code BECK. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. So I've always said I'll lead with my mistakes, and boy, today I made a, a discovery of a huge mistake I have made for I don't even know how long. I was just on the air last week talking about something that I had said in the past, and it was important in my head the way the order came, and I just found out that the order was the opposite I've misremembered something, and it's huge, but it's led me to another discovery that I think will help explain what's happening uh, in our culture right now. We'll give it to you in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. You know, if we've ever wanted to boycott something, the reason why it never works for conservatives is because you just don't have any place to go that's better. I'm going to boycott movies. Are you really going to watch Bollywood now? Um, so we haven't had any movies that we could we could turn to. That's changing as conservatives become better and better at uh, at media and the culture. Um but there's some one place where we haven't been able to do anything about something that's really bad. And most people don't even know it. Verizon and AT&T are taking the proceeds from your mobile phone bill, some of them, and funding progressive candidates and caucuses. They are they are funding progressive candidates. But I think it's even worse that every time you make a, a, a cell phone call or you go and pay your bill every month, portion of that money is going to Planned Parenthood. Did you even know that? That's insane. I don't want that. So here's what you need to do. You need to switch, but you're not going to switch unless the carrier is just as good, unless you can save money. It's got to be just as good in service and then something better. Well, here it is. It's better service. It's the same cell towers. The customer service is better and the price is better. And here's the last extra added benefit. They're not giving to progressive causes. What do you think about that? In fact, they're actually 
uh, defending things like freedom of speech. So get a free month of service by visiting PatriotMobile.com right now. PatriotMobile.com. Use the promo code B-E-C-K. The reason why it's called Patriot Mobile, not because necessarily you're patriots, although I think that they would say it that way, that that's what they believe. But here's what I believe. This, this, this is a veteran-started organization. I know they didn't name it after themselves, calling themselves patriots, but I just want you to know the people who started it, they're all vets. They're all patriots. PatriotMobile.com. Use the promo code BECK right now, and you'll get a free month of service at uh, PatriotMobile.com. So HBO, or I'm sorry, Showtime has this, uh, this, this miniseries on about Roger Ailes and Fox, and we've been watching it um over the last couple of weeks because we lived it and we didn't see the side of roger ailes that apparently some of the women working there saw but it's interesting because it was the the other things were happening when we were there and it's interesting to see you know imagine a movie being made about something that happened in your office and you were there um it's it's a kind of a bizarre thing well, they're painting Roger Ailes into this absolute monster. And Roger may have been a monster with women. Um, that I have no firsthand experience on, but I believe the, the women, and I could, I could see Roger maybe being that way, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, Roger was a very interesting, very interesting character. Um, he, I don't know if I ever really knew Roger Ailes. I think I did. I think... I think, like always, I can see the best in people, um, uh, and I can see the what they could be. And I really feel that I saw the Roger Ailes that he wanted to be. Um, that's the side he showed uh, to me. However, he did set up a pretty manipulative and pretty controlling company. Uh, we weren't that affected by it because... We knew kind of going in, we need to keep our distance and our independence. I just didn't want to be um, just a regular uh, Fox person. Not that there was anything wrong with that. I just wanted my independence. So Showtime is showing this Roger as being a very manipulative on the uh, message of Fox. And I don't think that that is true at least in our case it shows him having meetings and walking into my office first of all i had an office there but i never used the office there i think twice i was sitting at my desk at fox um and roger never came you know strolling the hallways uh you went and you were called to see him uh and so i was watching this and i thought about 40 percent of this is accurate when it comes to me and what the roger that i saw um and I thought they would take in license with something. And I thought it was I was actually very excited to get on the air and talk about this because I could show you the spin of the media. Well, the opposite happened. I just played it a half hour ago and uh, I was completely wrong. My memory was completely wrong. And so was Stu's. If you listen to this program, you've heard me talk about this moment on uh, Fox recently because of what the president is going through. Over and over and over again. And I was absolutely, I would have bet my life on this. Would you, Stu? 
I don't know if I would have bet my life on it, but I was definitely sure Yeah, uh, in my mind that you had said it in one order mm-hmm. and not the other. So here's here's the from the episode of Fox uh, or, or of uh, the loudest voice on Showtime last night. Uh, me on Fox and Friends. And you'll hear um, Roger Ailes, who's being played by Russell Crowe. You'll see this scene happen that many people have seen before in this audience. Welcome back to Fox and Friends, where we have a very special guest. Someone we're really looking forward to having. A very, very, very special guest. Our good friend Glenn Beck is joining us. <laughs> and here he is. Oh, Glenn, so happy to see you. Tell us what's going on. How are your biceps, Glenn? Uh, not good. This one's pudding and that one's jello. Well, because you're going to need them. I hear they're having a beer fest on Thursday night at the White House. That is unbelievable. Why? Why? For a teaching lesson for the working class? Some sort of a... Who needs to learn what here? This president, I think, has exposed himself as a guy over and over and over again who has deep-seated hatred for white people or the white culture. You can't say he doesn't like white people. David Axelrod is white. Uh, Rahm Emanuel is chief of staff. He's white. 70% of the people he sees every day are white. I'm not saying he doesn't like white people. I'm saying he has a problem. He has a... This is a guy I believe is racist. Okay, stop. Now, in this, you'll notice that they gave no reason for me saying it. It's just like I, I popped out of nowhere and said he was racist. Um, and the only, the only thing I had to say, uh, was talking about, was this beer summit that the president had. Not true. But I was going to come to you today and say, hey... You notice that they switched the the order that I said deep seated hatred of white people. And then I ended with he's a racist and I would have sworn to you and I've said it a million times on the air. I first said he was a racist and I said, no, that's not quite right. Uh, He is he, he has a deep seated hatred of white people in the white culture. Here's the actual audio. Unbelievable. Why? That is un. Why? Yeah. Why? For a teaching lesson, teaching. Or some sort of a, some sort of a. Who needs to learn what here? This president, I think, has exposed himself as a guy over and over and over again who has a deep-seated hatred for white people or the white culture. I don't know what it is, but you can't sit in a pew with Jeremiah Wright for twenty years and not hear some of that stuff and not have it wash over. What kind of president of the United States immediately jumps on the police? Just like what kind of president would ever say, oh, well, yeah, well, he's black. Of course he was breaking into the house. You'd never do that. This guy has a social justice. He is going to set all of the wrongs of the past right. But listen, he, he got, you can't say he doesn't like white people. David Axelrod's white. Rahm Emanuel's his chief of staff. white. This, mo- I think 70% of the people that we see every day are white. Robert Gibbs is white. I'm not, I'm not saying that he doesn't like white people. I'm saying he has a problem. He has a... This guy is, I believe, a racist. Okay. It's weird. Opposite. Uh, yeah. Exact opposite. Now, I can try to explain what I think happened in my head, but I have absolutely no idea how I remembered it that way. And why it was so important for me to remember it that way. A couple of things. Notice the Showtime uh, special uh, left out, you know, I think the police, you know, acted stupidly. And, you know, I've got a problem with the police. We would never say these things about a black guy. Hey, a black guy. So, of course, he did it. 
um, the Jeremiah Wright social justice argument. All that's gone. All that's gone. And that is not a coincidence for a uh, uh, for a, uh, you know, a leftist style show trying to make the the right look bad. However, let me just take the words, because right now everyone is calling the president a racist. You couldn't do that. You couldn't question him. But now everyone seems like you're required to say that Donald Trump is a racist if you're on uh, if you're on CNN or ABC, NBC, any of them. They just now declare it. He's a racist. If I had to say this all over again. And this will explain why Donald Trump is president of the United States today and probably will win if the economy stays together, will win probably hands down. Um, boy, I got to stop saying that because I don't want to jinx it. Uh, anyway, um, here's what I should have said, because I've I have a problem with deep seated hatred because it doesn't quite isn't quite right. And I have a problem with the word racist because that wasn't quite right either. I'm trying to figure out what this president, who he was, why he says the things that he does. How about if I would have said, you know, I just think this president has a different view of Americans and America than the, than many and probably the majority of Americans. Um, he, he questions the intent, intent of the Western culture, the Western laws, the Western pioneers and founders, uh, the Western world. He also seems to view the Western world and the white race through a very negative lens that may have come about through his upbringing with a communist mother, some very anti-American people around him, his college education, where he was around radicals. Um, and I don't know how you could have sat in the pew of a church and listen to these things without being affected. It's, it's why Oprah Winfrey left that church. That's, that's what I'm wrestling with. Now, if I would have said that, which I think I was saying at the time, uh, it wouldn't have made news. But right. it, it was making an impact, but it wasn't making news. Yeah, I mean... Uh... You get rewarded, I think, for saying it in a more uh, in a way that stops and pe- makes people turn their heads, right? And you said it that way, and I don't—it certainly wasn't your intent that day no. to go in there and no. say something like that uh, in that way. But the more nuance and qualifiers you put around it, the more boring it is. So right? there's I mean, no that's... there's there's nuance there, but there's no qualifiers there. I'm not backing away from anything that I said. No. It, with that. No. Okay. So it's just it's just more nuanced. The other is more cartoon like. It's a safe falling on somebody's head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's a racist. Well, let me explain the difference between the two and uh and and why Donald Trump is going to win because the left will not understand this they don't want to understand this 
And let me explain to you why I think it's why Donald Trump was won and why he's going to win again based on this example in one minute. You know, for on the average, it takes 45 minutes for the police to respond to a home security alarm. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? The reason the reason why it takes almost an hour is because burglary when home alarms go off, it's usually not a burglary. It's a it's a mistake. It, you know, it goes off and then they're like, eh, it's probably just a false alarm. So put it to the bottom of the list. Not if you have Simply Safe home security. Simply Safe has video verification technology, which helps police get on the scene up to three and a half times faster. Simply Safe can usually confirm that the break-in is happening, and they let the police know, making their average response time from 45 minutes to seven minutes. Only Simply Safe does this. No contract, no hidden fees or fine print. The around the clock monitoring starts at $15 a month. Simply Safe. Huge deal going on right now. If you just go to simplysafebeck.com, you'll get a free HD security camera when you order. That's a $100 value. You'll have eyes on your home 24-7 and the video entrance uh, uh, evidence if somebody tries to get in. So get your free HD security camera now at simplysafebeck.com. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. So what are the things that people heard from donald trump the press will tell you that he is racist because of his stance on the border he is uh racist because of what he said uh in what was it south carolina right was it mm-hmm. north carolina south carolina yeah sure uh sure yeah charlottesville yeah. yeah right. so or, is that, or going back to that. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I was wondering which one you're talking about. I mean, look, they're going to find a, a different reason to call him racist. No, I know. But look, give me the big ones. The big ones are the border because he, you know, he yep. says horrible things about Mexicans. Charlottesville because he said some good people yep, on both, on both sides. sides. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this, and this one was a big one, right? The, uh, the send Elon them back. Omar, send yeah. them back tweets. Send them back. It's probably the three people would cite most often. Okay. Can I give you evidence? three? logical reasons why he would say this picking the wrong words he's not exactly a wordsmith he's a guy who shoots from the hip Mm -hmm. and he has no filter but what the american people heard when when he said things like you know a lot of them are are rapists and and drug users you know sure there's some good families in there but a lot of them wish us ill how is that racist? Well, because the press and the left want to make sure that you never, ever group anyone together, except if it's their approved group, uh, then you can group them together. So, you know, the uh, LGBTQI2, whatever it is, that that group, they could, they put that group together. So that's OK to group people. But you can't say anything about Mexicans without being a racist okay well what he was saying was true some are this some are that and we don't know the difference between the two what the american people are hearing is 
I'm tired of not knowing who's coming in. People taking from our system, taking, you know, advantage of us, uh, you know, clogging our hospitals for free uh, medication uh, or free treatment. They're also uh, clogging our, our school systems and bogging them down. And you know what? They're changing my community in ways that I don't think are in line with America. That's what they're that's what they were saying. My city is a is a sanctuary city. We don't have sanctuaries for people who break the law. And so many people in the government, both left and right and the media have just ignored it, ignored it. And then they started to take the stance of, yeah, well, that's not really a law. And now they're at the point of welcome them in. We want them to come. Come on in. Come across the border. We want an open border. Come on. Come all. Everybody free health care. So it's gone from something where, look, I've got a concern and nobody's paying attention to it. And here's this guy who isn't real eloquent, who just says what people are thinking. You know, look, some of them are good or some of them are bad. We got to stop it. And because of an agenda and because the people in the media and the politicians, they don't they don't see things the way the average American does. They don't see it. And so what happens? They immediately go agenda first because they're blind second. They immediately jump to you're a racist. That only makes it worse for the American people because the American people who have a real issue with the border who are not racist, they say, racist you're even more out of touch than i thought and they'll accept more um uh, language that is is maybe shoot from the hip language against the politicians and against the media because they feel like the media is calling them names and separating themselves and they're saying no i'm other than you i'm not like you we're other than you we're the press. We're the political class. And we kind of look down our nose. That only makes things worse. When he says Charlottesville, I think, and I could be wrong, this is pure conjecture. Um, and I think this comes from Steve Bannon's influence. And Charlottesville is one that is really fascinating to explain if you actually want to understand what may have been in the president's mind. Beyond that, it is what's in the mind of many Americans. It has nothing to do with Nazis. Nothing to do with Nazis. We all agree Nazis are bad. It goes central to something else, and I'll tell you next. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Google and social media are really, to you, for you, they're nothing more than a product. I mean, not that they're a product. You're the product. They sell you. They sell your data, highest bidder. And even worse, they shadow ban and discriminate against our views and our voices. But you have a choice. You really do. Reclaim your privacy. Norton Secure VPN. It is a virtual private network that uses bank-grade encryption to hide your on online activity. Norton Secure uh, VPN. It comes. It's a it's a secure 
It's a secure tunnel, a secure pipe that makes sure that they don't get into that pipeline. Whatever you send and receive online, companies can't see your browsing activity. They can't track you. People don't realize password-protected Wi-Fi is not even secure. What you need is a virtual private network you can browse privately. Starts at 3 bucks a month. I want you to go to Norton.com slash VPN. Use the promo code BECK. Norton.com slash VPN. So in coming up in a half hour, we have um, Alexander Hammond. He is um, going to talk to us a little bit about Boris Johnson's path to prime minister. Uh, Boris Johnson is, it looks like he, tomorrow it'll be announced that he was prime minister. I think they're voting today and they announced tomorrow. Um, and it's, he's a fascinating guy. He's really, really, really smart. Um, he actually is, you know, Oxford educated, Queens English. He's everything... In a way, he's everything uh, that the average person is supposed to hate, right? You're supposed to hate the guy who, in England, that went to Oxford and speaks like this and and is, you know, part of the upper crust and, uh, you know, queen and country. You're supposed to hate that guy. However, they don't hate that guy because he's also disheveled and, and a plain speaker. He's the ketchup-stained guy on his shirt that we talked about here that that's what the american people were going to go for and that's really what we got in donald trump he doesn't have a ketchup stain but he eats mcdonald's and he's kind of a you know he's kind of a slob he's kind of a you know a, a plain spoken guy okay you could tell a fart joke to him and he'd probably laugh all right where you wouldn't you wouldn't tell a fart joke to to president obama he wouldn't he, he wouldn't laugh he probably wouldn't get it i don't know if president obama has ever farted so there's a there's a difference of of approach and really what we're talking about in many cases is the language of that pro, uh, approach and people either get it or they don't some people most people don't even recognize it but this is what they're really hearing and what they're really saying the press is immediately saying well you're a racist you're a bad american you're whatever let me let me go on the border i just explained what people hear from donald trump and that the media calls racist it's not racist to the average person it's just a uh it's shorthand now, they'll say it's shorthand to racism, but it's not. It's shorthand to uh, justice and fairness. People don't disagree with the idea of fairness. They just disagree with the way the left and the universities are describing and now defining fairness. You know, it's like Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh wasn't an endorsement for men to rape women. It was a an endorsement of fair play. You, how are we supposed to judge this? We don't know. She doesn't have any witnesses. She doesn't really remember. He says it's untrue. I, I don't want to be in this position. Be fair. That's what that was. That wasn't an anti-Me Too thing. It's fairness. Now, when it comes to charlottesville what happened in virginia they always say the president is racist because of what he said in virginia well there is a uh, there is a group of people identitarians uh in europe and these people have gone racist 
but they are right in the wheelhouse of Steve Bannon. And so Steve Bannon was there at the time in the White House. And I think the president's comments of, hey, there's a lot of good people on both sides. I think this is what he meant. None of us like Nazis. None of us like Nazis. Okay, Nazis. You want to carry a Nazi flag? You want to, you know, talk about the Jews and Nazis? How can the president be a Nazi if if Kirshner is his son-in-law? He says these things and does these things to strengthen Israel. The guy's clearly not a Nazi. Okay, so what what did he mean by that? I think there is something that is happening, and it's what we're going to talk to with Alexander Hammond about Boris Johnson, that he senses where the people really are, and he can connect with it. So... There is a us and a them, and it's not based on race. It's not based on it's not based on money. It's not based on jobs. Here's what it's based on. Do you like this place or not? Do you do you can we all get along and live together in this place? Do you like America? I mean, you know, yeah, we've screwed some things up, but, you know, it's not a bad place. It's a them and us. It is those who say, hey, look, we've made some mistakes, but this is a pretty sweet place, and I don't want to flush this down the toilet. That's, that's the us. And then the them are those who are so arrogant, and it mainly goes to uh, the, those who are arrogant and in some sort of power. So they're arrogant as politicians, they're arrogant as, uh, as scholars, uh, they're arrogant as uh, media outlets or media individuals, and they think that they are above us. They're meant to represent us. The people in the media are supposed to be asking questions on behalf of us, but there's a lot of us who don't see the president as a racist, we see him as extraordinarily ineloquent. As somebody who is saying things, and that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. What he meant was this, this problem over here. That we're tired of the people who just despise America, despise us in middle America, and them always being held up as the grand heroes. There's a lot of people who believe in America and want to stand up for it. It doesn't make us a Nazi. We're also anti-Nazis. For instance, send them back. That's racist. He's a racist. He sees color and he just thinks they're other. They're not American. They're other. How could Donald Trump ever believe that? How could anyone ever really believe that? You have to be a pretty big monster if you actually would believe that. So here's what it is. Send them back. It has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with, I am sick and tired of those people who are always complaining, always uh, whining, always saying it's someone else's fault, always disagreeing, always calling us names. It's like, have you ever worked at a company where no matter 
no matter what it is, that person that is always like, that won't work. I mean, why are we doing this? That won't work. We should be doing this. And eventually you just get to the point to where like, why do you work here? You seem to hate everything about it. Why do you work here? Well, because I'm going to change it. No, you're not. You're not going to change it. You know, a lot of us really like it. And we just sit around and we don't say anything to you because we don't want we don't want to engage and make it worse. Right. It's like the difference between saying this is a place. It's a great place. It's got some problems as opposed to we need a fundamental transformation of this. Correct. Correct. And so they're never on board. They're usually the stick in the mud. They're always complaining. They're they're sowing seeds of dissent. They're turning people against the company. And then you eventually go, why isn't this person fired? Why, why doesn't the company just fire this person? Okay, that is what send them back means. Why are you here? Yeah. You seem to hate everything. I don't care what race you are, where you came from. I believe you were, you know, here forever and ever, which in Elon Omar's case is not true. But, you know, your parents could have come here. Your great, 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 great parents could have come on the Mayflower. I don't care. There are so many choices out there. It's not like it was in, you know, 1930 where you had to take an ocean liner for months and months and months with a steamer trunk to move. Why are you here? Well, I mean, conservatives say this to white Hollywood celebrities all the time. Correct. Look, if you don't like it here, go to France. Johnny Depp found it. I'm yeah. sure you'll love it there, Gerard too. Depardieu found Russia. <laughs> I mean, right, like, and if you and if you say, well, I want to live here because it's America, it's my home. Well, great, great. I'll be productive. Why then. is it your home? Why is it your home? Can you say any good things about your home? Be constructive with your feedback. Right. Exactly right. Can you be constructive with your feedback? That's what's happening. And the the media is so elitist and quite frankly the politicians are so elitist they're all in their same circles of us versus them in that case they're the us we're the them and they don't let anything penetrate so they don't they don't hear or see anything of what's happening outside of their bubble we have to be different than that and i think many of us are that I'll listen to the other side. And if you have something constructive to say, some constructive criticism, I'm good with that. But this is these are not when it comes to, hey, some some of these uh, people coming across our border, some of them are criminals. Yes, that's true. You have to be a moron to not understand that. All you have to do, you can't you, you must be blind, deaf, dumb, can't read Braille, have no idea what's going on if that's what you're signing to the world that, no, everybody who comes across our border is good. Okay? But it's beyond that. It's not racist to say that. Some of the people are bad. Some of the people wish us harm. It's not racist. It's also not racist to say, hey, I, I'd like to know who is here. And this is fundamentally changing our communities. And we're not even talking about it. We're acting like it's no big deal. It may in the end be no big deal, but it is right now. And we should talk about it without calling each other names. That's what's happening on the border when they call him names because he said something about Virginia. There are good people that love America that also hate Nazis. And there are people who are saying, hey, 
I love my country and it's changing and I don't like the way it's changing because it's I'm not included in this change. That doesn't make you a Nazi and send them back. We've all said this about coworkers. Why don't you just leave? Why don't they just fire you? If you don't have anything good to say, I'm tired of it. Some of us are trying to build a positive life and move forward. I'm tired of everything you say being bad because it's not true. That is why Donald Trump was elected. That is why I think he will be elected again. And that is why Boris Johnson is being elected prime minister, I believe, tomorrow. Because he is connecting with that POV. I'm looking at Stu thinking, no, you think I got that right or I, is that wrong? Yeah, what do you no, think? I think I think that's exactly what's going on. All right. Relief factor. Um, I, you know, I love to paint. Uh, I'm, I'm you know, it's a challenge uh, because technically, creatively, not so good. But I just love it. I just love it. With relief factor, uh, I can paint. Doesn't help the painting. Doesn't mean it's going to be any better. But it does mean that I can enjoy it. I uh, I couldn't take the pain anymore in my hands uh, from painting. I, I was trying to write something. I painted something for my daughter uh, and gave it to her for her birthday um, yesterday. And I was trying to write some stuff on the back of the painting. And, uh, I mean, my hands just... They hurt so bad. I had to stop a couple of times to take a break and then finish it. Um, I hate it. Now, Relief Factor does is not a cure-all. hasn't cured me of anything. Uh, but it has made my pain, my pain dramatically better. Some days I have no pain at all. Uh, some days, uh, you know, like yesterday, yeah, I got some pain. But I flew yesterday, which is a problem for me. Relief Factor, please try it. If you have pain, please try it just for for three weeks if it doesn't work stop taking it but if it does work you get your life back call 800-500-8384 800-500-8384 or relieffactor.com uh here is uh here's elon omar um you get, if you're getting people pumped up for the special, you need to get the you get them pumped up so they get something running through their heads all week. Yeah, That's a, the issue here. Right, here, here. Do we have the short version of this? Because I think people need to remember Elon what we're Lamar dealing with for that. Wednesday's special. Yeah, okay. Elon Omar. Elon Omar. Elon Omar. Okay. All day. Is that, is that what I, I promise? Is that is that what I asked? I asked for something on Friday. Is this what you brought me? Something that's going to drive me out of my mind all week? Well, that no. There's other things coming for no, for the are. special. Okay, but this right. one has been. Uh, I mean, we talk. We used to do this on the air all the time. You know, yeah, I know. Elon Omar. Da, 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 da. And it just gets in your head over and over right. again. Okay. Now right. we have something to go to. Okay. <laughs> Whenever you need it, Thank that you. is there. And I will tell you this. Thank you. I promise, because this happened to me. When you hear it once, it'll just get in your head a little bit. I know. It's already there. Play it again, okay, please. Well, well, okay, yeah, Special on Alan Omar on Wednesday. You don't want to miss. 
It's a special on who is it exactly? Ilan Omar. Who? Ilan Omar. There's somebody. Ilan Omar. Oh, that's right. All right. So the, the special, you don't want to miss it. On, uh, on Wednesday, uh, it is going to go through this scandal that um, I think there is enough evidence here to have a grand jury look at. Uh, and it's disturbing. The story is very, very disturbing. It's, it seems to be um, a long string of felonies. It's just difficult to really understand without a song that reminds you who it's about. Do we have anything like that? Is there another I, potential song that would... Uh, is there a... Let's play that if we have the sh- that version again. Because, I mean, I think people need to remember who this is about. Oh, <laughs> no. I thought you were going for something else. No, what? no, no, no just no. listen to this because the, the name is in there several times. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. Special is on. Ilan Omar. And it's coming up on Wednesday on BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Yeah, make sure you sign up for this. This is uh, something that the mainstream media is not covering. Uh, and I think they're not covering it for a couple of reasons. One, it's very complex, but that's what we do best with the chalkboard and possibly some Muppets uh, on a lot of our on Wednesday, 5 p.m. Sign up You're now. Listening to Glenn Beck. I'm Hillary. That is your four minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Stu with the final hour of the show. Thank you so much. Uh, Hillary, I appreciate it. Um, I want to talk to you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor uh, reduces inflammation, and inflammation is our worst enemy. And information comes, uh, uh, inflammation comes from things like nightshade vegetables. I don't know what nightshade vegetables are, but I'm not supposed to eat them anymore, but I'm sure I do. Um, when you have inflammation, all kinds of things go wrong with your body. I mean, it can it can aid and, and egg on really nasty disease, but it also is the number one uh, cause of our pain. Relief Factor works to reduce it, and it does. ReliefFactor.com. I want you to try it for three weeks. If you have pain and it just won't go away, please try Relief Factor. 800-500-8384. It's 800-500-8384. It's ReliefFactor.com. All right, coming up in uh, just a few minutes, uh, we have... We have a report on Boris Johnson, who I am really excited about. Uh, We're going to get a report from England on the next prime minister, Boris Johnson, in a minute. Theresa May, uh, the prime minister, former prime minister of uh, England, was always trying to distance herself from Margaret Thatcher and the Thatcherite wing of her party. Uh, I'd love another Margaret Thatcher. I'd love another Winston Churchill. And one of the guys who is a huge Churchillian, uh, Churchill fan, is Boris Johnson. And it looks like he's going to win the, um, the prime minister slot, probably in a landslide. They're deciding today, and then they will uh, announce tomorrow who the next prime minister is of England. And we have uh, somebody from Young Voices who's over in England been watching this. Uh, His work has been translated into, I don't even know, like eight different languages. Uh, Really, really bright guy. Been watching Boris Johnson and will give us a lay of the land and what it means 
for Iran, what it means for America, and what it means for Brexit in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, USCCA, the United States Concealed Carry Association, has your last chance to win a gun that revolutionized the firearm world. The United States Concealed Carry Association is giving you 19 chances to win $1,000 to buy a brand new Glock 19. If you've never fired a Glock, I wish I was better with a Glock. I like Glocks. Uh, Well, up until I bought my new SIG, the new SIG is unbelievable but anyway i think you could buy the new sake if you wanted to you have a thousand bucks uh you just use the uh, word back and you're going to be entered into a, a, a drawing for 19 new glock 19s you just uh, text the word back to the number 87222 right now you can get all the rules and information at protectanddefend.com also a confirmation text is going to be sent and standard message and data rates do apply i want you to send the word back to the number 87222 87222 the word backs text it now and you could win from the US CCA I have been looking for the real leadership for the world uh for a very long time and I don't know because I don't follow British politics as closely as perhaps I should, uh, but I have read a lot of Boris Johnson's work. I've read his book uh, on Churchill. Uh, I have watched him from afar. I think this guy has the charm, the intelligence, and the backbone of a Theresa May, or a Theresa May, God forgive me for that, a Margaret Thatcher or a uh, Winston Churchill, and could become a very effective ally for the United States, especially with Donald Trump. Uh, we have Alexander Hammond. He's a contributor for, to, uh, for Young Voices at youngvoices.com. Uh, he has been watching Boris Johnson and can fill us in on who he is and what he thinks it means for England. Hello, Alexander. How are you? Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me. Sure. Now, do I have Boris Johnson right that he is cut from the Margaret Thatcher, uh, Winston Churchill kind of cloth? Well, yeah, I I believe so, Um, especially when we compare him to Theresa May. Theresa May always tried to distance herself from the Thatcherite um, wing of the Conservative Party, whereas Boris Johnson definitely tends to embrace it more so than she does. Um, Last week, for example, on Wednesday... He said that free market capitalism is the best way to support the neediest and poorest in society. Mm-hmm. And that's currently the core of his campaign. So, yes, I definitely agree with you there. So um, he it, explain him to people. Um, he is he's Oxford educated, very, very bright, but always looks disheveled, uh, you know, has this uh, attitude or. Maybe some say it's an act that he's always kind of surprised on where he is and who am I supposed to be talking to here? Uh, And then he just becomes really eloquent and funny. And people like the disheveled kind of uh, personality that he has. Is it is that real? Is that an act, a hybrid of the two? And who is he really? I think it might be a hybrid of the two. Um, he comes. He was an old Etonian, so he went to Eton. He then went to Oxford, as you st- said. 
Um, in reality, he is a classical scholar. Um, he is a historian, as you mentioned. He wrote the book about Churchill. Brilliant. Um, in many... Oh. Did we lose him? Oh, my gosh. We lost him. Call him back. It's Brexit. See, this is what happens. When a country starts to say, I'm breaking away from the EU, all of a sudden their phone social service goes away. Every phone call in the EU has gone fine today. Yeah, except for this except, one. But this, this one, one? From England. Because of Brexit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Brexit with him. It's... Uh, it's this it, he was elected remember he was the head of the exit party um or the brexit party or which the, was like three movement. weeks old when he won yeah right. i know yeah. right um and uh he was the face of it uh he almost won prime minister at that time but it fell apart at the last minute uh and his critics say he doesn't have a plan he says he has a plan and that the EU will be leaving. Uh, I'm sorry, that England will be leaving the EU by, what is it, October 15th is the deadline? What I like about him is he is, again, plain spoken. He calls balls and strikes. Uh, he is He is from the upper crust, but he he reflects the average person in Great Britain. And he understands them and is representing them. And that, I think, is the problem of the, the political elite. They don't understand, nor do they like the average person. I, I strangely really believe that. I, I hope that someday I'm proven wrong on that. But I really believe that the average politician, after they spend times in the halls of power... They grow to despise the average person, um, and he doesn't. And he also doesn't hate the press. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. The press at one point was, was staked out at his house because he's had a uh, he's had a baby with somebody who was working in his office, even though he's married. Uh, and he just seems to be able to roll through all of this stuff by going, "Yep." Yep, I did that. Uh, and at one point, he they were staked out at his house, and uh, they'd been there for like two days, and he brings tea out to them at one point and says, look, I'm not going to talk to you guys about anything, but I don't know. I thought maybe a, a spot of tea. I've really been feeling bad for you fellows out here in the rain, so here's some tea. I think that's great. I just think it's great. Yeah, he, has a, he has an approach that's it's disarming. It's, it's you know, you, you compared him to Trump and a lot of people have made that comparison and there's totally different styles. There, totally different. But there's a real similarity in that uh, both of their opponents can't figure out a way to beat them. You know, there's like there's that, that way of it's the same thing with Trump. Like people would say all these things and, and they'd be like any other person would be, you know, on the streets if they said this. Right. And he has that sort of. Teflon. Yeah, that, yeah, they used to yeah. say it about Reagan, which yeah. I never really understood with him. Uh, so we, we're back with Alexander. Are you there, Alexander? Yes, I am. Sorry, I have no idea what happened. Oh, I do. It's You guys want to leave you know, the EU, and now your phone system's falling, falling apart. Cause, you know. Anyway. <laughs> it's conspiracy. Uh, so, so tell me what this means. First of all, do you believe he's going to win tomorrow or today? Oh, I, 
yes, absolutely. Um, the recent YouGov poll, which is the biggest polling uh, company in the UK, predicts that 74% of Conservative Party members are going to vote for him. And what we need to remember, it's the Conservative Party members which are voting. It's not the normal public. It's not the members of Parliament anymore. It's the Conservative Party. So that's 160,000 people who are deciding their next leader. I do not understand your system. I'm glad we broke away from it. Um, so, uh, so, so he's going to be the the prime minister. Uh, there, I've re- I've read. In fact, the New York Times was blabbing on about it today that they don't think he actually has a Brexit plan. That he's bluffing. Uh, he has no idea what he's going to do. Do you believe that, or do you think he has a plan? Okay, so the reason we're probably saying it is because Therese, uh, Boris Johnson, unlike Theresa May, is committed to leaving the EU on the 31st of October, which is 101 days away now, um, with a no deal. Whereas Theresa May, when she was in power, she refused to walk away from EU negotiations with a no deal, which meant that the European Union, you never go into a negotiation saying that you're unwilling to walk away from it. And that's exactly what Theresa May did. So that's why the EU gave the UK such an awful deal, and there was nothing Theresa May could do about it. So Boris is prepared to go in with, and he's willing to walk away with a no-deal Brexit. And that's beneficial because we can start planning for that. And if the EU does want to offer us a better deal than what they already have, we are open to that. But if not, that's fine. I, I don't understand. That's how you negotiate. I mean, you don't bluff. Um, and you have to be committed to the end goal and yet open to what somebody else is doing. You know, if you if you're negotiating with a company and they want you to come to work for them, if you quit your job and say, all right, I'm just I'm going to just work with you on a deal and I don't like it, but I'm not why I'm, I'm coming to work for you. You're never going to get a good deal. Never. Yeah. That's exactly what Theresa May did. So leaving it on the table, the possibility of walking away um, and opening ourselves up to international markets, he suggested that if a no-deal Brexit does happen, um, we will, of course, try and adopt a UK-USA free trade agreement. He's raised the ideas of creating duty-free ports. Um, so that's basically free trading ports across the country, which um, they're look- it has the potential to create 150,000 jobs for the UK economy. Um, and we have many other countries in talks of creating free trade agreements. So being able to prepare for a no-deal Brexit means we are able to go to the EU and we are not bound to them sure. um, for a deal. So are you? do you believe he wants to leave or he just wants a really good deal? Um, so he doesn't want to do a no-deal Brexit. He's saying that is a last resort, but he is also saying that we must leave it on the table to ensure that we can get a good deal. Um, otherwise, if we're not leaving it on the table, we might as well just have three more years of what we've just had under Theresa May right. um, leaving us. So he doesn't want to leave with no deal, but he is prepared to, which really differentiates him from Jeremy Hunt, who's the other contender in the leadership contest. And that's why he's likely going to beat Jeremy Hunt, um, because he is far more committed to Brexit than Jeremy Hunt is. Can he get it done in 101 days? Well, that's not a lot of time at all. Um, But luckily, we have been preparing for a no deal for a couple of months now, even under Theresa May, ever since the the original Brexit deadline was pushed back. it's a, it's a tall order, but 
we must remember that it's not uh, no deal Brexit's not just going to be harmful in the short term to the UK economy. It's also going to be very harmful for the EU. Um, there's huge unemployment rates in Spain, in Italy, in Greece. Um, Germany almost was in a recession. We see the yellow um, vest riots across France. So they definitely need to trade with the UK and be on good terms with them. So it will cost them dearly, too, if we were to leave with a no deal. And it's not just the UK um, that will suffer in the short term. So I, I, I want to express something to you that I hope is not happening, but history, uh, you know, sometimes doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Uh, and I know you're uh, well-versed in history. Um Without getting into any kind of conspiracy, there was in before World War Two a group of of uh, I guess you would call them uh, not progressives, but uh, uh, I guess, well, the socialists um, that wanted a restructuring of the continent and a lot of the uh, countries. And so they were kind of pushing for they were kind of excited about it because they thought the war could happen quickly, be over in just a few months and you'd have a a new world you could divvy up. I've heard from people who in the EU that say there are those who would rather blow the whole thing up, punish uh, Great Britain, even at the expense of Europe, uh, just because they believe it's it's. It's got to be their way. Do you, do you believe that? I definitely think there's some people in the EU who want to use um, Brexit as an example to other states who are thinking of leaving. Um, for example, the Netherlands has quite a large... Right. Uh, oh, there's a lot of people in the Netherlands who would like to leave in Italy as well. So they, there's definitely some calls to treat us like an example. But... If they were to do that, we have to remember the EU is shrinking in the portion of the world trade. Um, the regulation is becoming uh, ever more extensive and bloated. There are calls for an EU army. So the EU isn't just this one stagnant political move, uh, political union. It is an ever closer union, and that is their goal, an ever closer union. Um, so if Brexit didn't happen now or didn't happen next year, what happens in five years' time when the EU right. suggests, okay, we're going to do an EU army now? That Brexit sentiment's not going to go away. Um, and when we joined the EU in 1974, it was just for a single market, and it was more of a free trade union than a big political entity. And most of the people in the UK were very for that, but because it's turned into this huge political um, union with overbearing regulations following in, in the 1990s, mm-hmm. That's where the anti-EU sentiment has primarily come from. All right. So what time do they announce when he's prime minister? Is that tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. So the ballot's shut in one hour's time, and we'll know by tomorrow um, who wins the contest, and then they'll come into power on Wednesday afternoon. All right. Uh, Alexander, thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll chat again. Uh, Alexander Hammond, contributor for Young Voices, which... They vote, they close the ballots in an hour, and then it takes them all day. Hello. Maybe you should call America. Uh, real estate agents, what? Real estate agents, I trust.com. Over a thousand active agents strong, with another 5,000 who are on a waiting list to join us. These thousand agents share my vision of how real estate should be done all over the country. Actually, I should say I share their vision. 
Um, I listen to real estate agents on uh, and the, the best real estate agents, according to the Wall Street Journal, the 500 best real estate agents. And I got to know several of them. And I said, how, how, how does this work? Why does it work sometimes and not? I mean, the best real estate agents, there's a difference. And we are looking for those real estate agents and the people who hold your and share your values. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. If you are looking to buy or sell a home, you need the right agent. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, we break for 10 seconds. Station ID. You know, Boris Johnson was actually born here in the U.S. And apparently, you know, you can still be prime minister over there. Another thing wrong uh, with uh, Great Britain, I'm just saying. <laughs> because he, they, don't, they, they don't get a good birther co- controversy. No, they don't. Nothing. They're like, he was born in the United States. Yeah, we don't care. Ah, that's boring. Uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot to learn from do us. You under, so. Do you understand their system at all? I hate this prime minister thing like they're having another vote for prime minister uh in uh in israel now aren't they didn't they just have oh one? yeah and yeah they're having another one now they couldn't put together a government so now they're voting again what well and, th- and this one with great britain they're like well look uh you know may steps down so it's just the head of the conservative party conservative party you think of it like if the republicans had control right mm-hmm. and then republicans voted on who was the head of their party uh, and let's say they said it was Donald Trump, and Donald Trump decided he wanted to leave, then Republicans all had a vote that said, well, well do we want Mike Pence, or do we want Paul Ryan to run the party? Right? Like That's basically what happened. But they're saying now, once they pick one, this may very well get the rest of the, you know, if in, our, in our example, the rest of Congress to come together and, and force a new general election. And it's like, wait a minute, so they're going to have so this election. Know. So wait. He, he may not be able to get a, what they call a consensus. He'll get a, he will control the government now. But then to, if they want to push back against this party, they can say, well, let's have another general election now to see if the, everybody wants him. And then that could happen. Oh, dear God. It's just in, it's like, guys, schedule your elections a few weeks out. How about that? How about every four years, I don't know, the second no, Tuesday in November, something like that. Everyone can get together and go vote. We get what's, we're what so worried about our system. Stupid. Oh my gosh. System. The parliamentary democracy thing uh, is is just So, but they can oof. only trigger a vote if he can't cobble together a coalition. Well, that's right? what happened. You're t- you're mixing. That's Israel. So Israel with Netanyahu won the vote from everybody, but then tried to put together a coalition government to get above fifty percent and was unable to do that. So now they have to revote. Hmm. Again, so I, but England can just go and just say, "Well, this hey, ha- he's got a coalition of sixty, seventy percent, but eh, we think everybody should vote on him." Well, if he has that coalition, then he probably will not have that problem. Okay. The, the issue is, though, this is remember the coalition was built under Theresa May. So, d- will they all stick with Boris Johnson the same way? There's an argument that the answer to that would be no. If they don't, if he does something with Brexit that they I don't guess like, it depends on. He's very popular with conservatives. I wonder how popular he is overall. It, we hung up the phone too soon. Why didn't you bring this up? I well, I don't know. It's already confusing <laughs> enough. Because <laughs> now I'd like I'd like to know how popular he is with everybody else. Because I love the guy. I think he's. It's funny. He's one of those guys that I think is well 
liked, though I don't necessarily think most people want him running the country. You know, he, he's he's one of those guys that everyone knows kind of has problems. Yeah, what was that movie uh, with Dudley Moore in it? Why am I thinking of this? Oof. Arthur? Arthur. Right. Like, you love Arthur, but he's a mess, right? That's right. kind of how they look at Boris yeah, Johnson. Yeah, but he's not Arthur. It's not like, no, it's and not. I'll tell you another thing we're going to do with no. breakfast. I'm adding no. bacon. Not no, bre- it's Brexit. 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 Not breakfast. <laughs> yeah. He's not that bad. He's not that. No. But again, that was a movie, so. Yeah. Yes, and unfortunately, it's starting to feel like real life too many places. This is the Glenn Beck Program. NMLS 182334 uh, <laughs> When you, Do you hear dogs barking every time? Hmm. Uh, when you apply for a mortgage, many mortgage companies pre-qualify you based on your credit worthiness. But what comes next makes all the difference to your fina- financial future. Mortgage brokers are often working in the best interest of the bank, and they're more concerned with getting the bank the best deal, not you. They're incentivized by bigger commissions to get better terms for the bank. At American Financing, they don't work for the bank. They only employ salary-based mortgage consultants who only work for you. American Financing, the only mortgage company that I have ever endorsed because they, they don't jam you into loans that you shouldn't have. They have no incentive to do that. Mortgage rates have fallen so low over the last year that millions of homeowners might benefit by refinancing, even if you bought a home last year. Take a 10-minute phone call and see if this can really dramatically help you. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. And go to BlazeTV.com, promo code Glenn. Get 10 bucks off your subscription right now. So on Wednesday, on Wednesday uh, at 5 o'clock, we have a special. Now, Stu, you might be asking yourself, a special on who? Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. Yep, we have a special on Ilan Omar. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, but that will be in your head for the rest of your your day. Uh, and we'll play it again if you don't sign up for the Blaze right now. <laughs> that's, that's your punishment. <laughs> that's your punishment. We're going to keep playing this until you sign up to make sure you see the special on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm a bit concerned that Wednesday is a big day in the news. Uh, looks like Robert Mueller is going to be testifying on Wednesday. So we're going to have to probably blow off the special and do what everyone else is going to do. No, and, here's, and- uh, you know, here, here's a problem. Um, I don't think most people care about what Congress is doing with uh, Robert Mueller. You don't think so? No. Well, is it possibly because Robert Mueller himself said I wrote a 448-page document outlining every single thing that I know? And that if you ask Uh, me questions, I'm just going to refer you to the document? Yeah, he made a public statement. Don't ask me to testify because Mm -hmm. that's my testimony. I wrote it down for you. Right. I think that's... I think that's why people don't care. It's not because this that doesn't make the, this Wednesday thing a big spectacle for the Congress. No. It's not about making a media circus out of something they say they're taking oh so seriously. You are so right. Mm-hmm. You are so right. I know. I'm sure it's not that at all. Yeah. So I'm very concerned about mm-hmm. us planning an Ilan Omar special to understand her very interesting background when it comes mm. to, to love. 
to love, to, love, to immigration, to taxes. Mm. Yeah. A lot of interesting Some stuff Some might there. say it's a long string of felonies. There are people right. who have said some things <laughs> right. like that. Right. There's not going to be a 448-page uh, report on her. No. I, uh, at least I doubt that. No. But, you know, it might deserve it. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Um... The reason, one of the reasons that nobody is talking about this in the mainstream media, why do you think, Stu? Uh, they're not talking, well, it's, you know, they just uh, are worried that uh, mm-hmm. it could be hurtful to poor Ilan and her wonderful yeah, uh, family. wonderful family. That is, she's family yeah, members so. with some of them in multiple ways, which yes. is always yes. interesting. Strangely. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so they don't want to talk about it for political reasons, but... That's the cynical. That's the cynical view. A lot of people say the story just can't be told because it's too complex. But that's where we come in, because that seems to be our strength, taking complex (laughs) issues and breaking them down. I mean, no one else in the media would ever give you any kind of, you know, any kind of song like the one we're currently playing. Alan Omar. There you go. So that's uh <laughs> Wow. That will be in your head all day. Yes it will. And uh you're I welcome. blame Ilan Omar. I do. I do too. Mm-hmm. So uh AOC was back at it this weekend and she was she was very, very strong. Uh, was she now? Yes. Uh, you know, she's getting a little overshadowed these days. I know. You got yeah. Elon. Because so, I, I think it was uh, uh, Josh Hammer who was in. I'm singing it still. Uh, it's bad. It's still in your head. Uh, Josh Hammer from Daily Wire who said, and I don't think he was saying it was his observation, but that Presley is is the fourth member of the squad who's essentially Ringo. <laughs> so Presley's the Ringo. And I feel like, you know, you've got... Certainly, Talib is going to be Harrison, in my view. Yeah, yeah. So now you are the you're battling think, out the top. I feel like, if I may, yeah, I feel like AOC is McCartney, and uh, Lennon is Ilan Omar. Dun 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 dun. dun. And my Ilan thought, Omar? yeah, my thought is because Ilan Omar seems to have more of a, I don't know, like she, it's more cultural, perhaps. Like I feel like you know McCartney comes off as like the, he's the kind of the pop star. I feel like AOC's yeah. the pop star of the group, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where you know, Lennon is like you know he had the cultural thing going on. He's the deeper. He was the deeper of the two. He, and I, look, none of them yeah. are deep in the squad. We can right. But sure. Ilan Omar has she, she has more of the the views that would be outside the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Imagine there is no heaven. Imagine that there's just Muhammad. That kind of song. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's okay. a beautiful one. Right. Oh, do beautiful. we need another song now? Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think uh, there is a... So I would go McCartney as AOC. Um, Lennon is Ilan Omar. Mm-hmm. Harrison is Tlaib. Mm-hmm. And then, unfortunately, Presley, who no one knows anything about. That's Ringo. But I think, like, yeah. you notice uh, McCartney lately is getting, you know, getting the headlines from Harrison and and uh lennon and i think she's starting to feel that a little bit i feel like aoc's like needs to make a little push to get back into the front of this group well our wings are coming i was gonna say (laughs) she might just break off and and start wings it's possible uh yeah she is kind of forming her own wing of the party uh but it seems to be so much more so similar to the rest of the wing so and again remember that we're talking about alanamar alanamar who uh is uh (laughs) has a very complex story, but now that Stu has brought up uh, the Beatles, 
what we're going to be talking about is this incredible marriage to Yoko Ono. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. That, uh, Wait, that's true. That Now it really fits with Lennon. Yeah, yeah. Because there was a very strange marriage in Correct. the Beatles. And there's and a very strange one or two here. And, and they're making some really weird music. And a lot of people are like, I don't think I like this. They're breaking up the team. Uh, and uh, Alana Marr seems to be the John Lennon. And we'll introduce you to her Yoko Ono uh, coming up. I can't tell you how many I can't tell you how many times we have been working on this for a couple of weeks and we're like, how do we explain this? How do we explain this? We've gone through all kinds of different ways to explain it. We haven't yeah. settled that, that. That one's a pretty good one. Brady Bunch is also really good. Yes, because it's two families <laughs> coming together. What would happen if uh, if Jan fell in love with Greg, except it wasn't all the boys with dad and all the girls with with mom like mm-hmm. it was in the Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. If Greg was actually Jan's sister <laughs> and they fell in love, it would be a different look at the Brady Bunch. Uh, and that's kind of what this one is. So it's probably only a show that Yoko Ono would have liked. <laughs> Possibly. Right. I do, I do feel, though, because we've talked about this story. Uh, there's lengthy reporting uh, online. We've talked about it with the journalist uh, who's been doing it. And it's just a really freaking confusing tale. It's a bunch of people that you're not familiar with. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it, you know, there are people changing their names mm-hmm. throughout the story. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about it. And they're the already year. confusing names. And they're already confusing, right? Yeah. Like, they're not like, it's not like, you know, Bill, Bill Smith. No, like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like uh, Mike, Greg, uh, Bobby, Cindy Brady. And you'd be like, okay, wait, that's one person? Right, yes. And then they change it to <laughs> Mike, Brady, Cindy. Yeah. Brady, Brady. And you're like, all right, now which one? So right. I think it's important to see. The, the easiest way to understand actually what happened or what is believed to have happened is to see it visually. So you can kind of see the pieces move around and understand who these characters are. And that's what's going to happen on Wednesday. It's an important story. Because it's really important. It's interesting because the people in Minnesota who followed Ilan Omar, dun 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 dun, dun uh, long before Who? we had any Ilan Omar. <laughs> they followed her long before we did. Okay. Because she was, yeah. again, she's a first term congressman. I mean, mm-hmm. she's not supposed to be known by the, by the nation, but locally they did know her. This was a big story there that was developed that she was successfully able to avoid uh, talking about all that much. I think through cries of racism. Right. And, and, you know, like, it's an easy thing to say, like, well, uh, now you're doing the birth certificate thing again. Well, this is a totally different story. And, you know, look, we may find out that some of it isn't right or whatever. But, I mean, so far what we know of it, and she will not answer questions on many aspects. Yeah, we'll show you what we do have evidence on. I want to be really clear. Um, This is a story that should be looked into. I believe there's enough information for a grand jury to look at. And it's significant. It is. It's really bad stuff um it's stuff that you and i would go to jail for um felonies um and i want to make sure that we we point out exactly what we know for sure and have documentation on and what we think we have documentation on we'll show it to you but we can only know if those things are true if she has to testify that they're true or not. She can, is the only one that can verify this. Um, yeah, and it, it, there's something to do here with 
Omar having a situation, if she was the type of person who was willing to stay out of the limelight, I mean, this stuff had already bubbled up a little bit in Minnesota, had never mm-hmm. really fully been investigated. She was able to kind of dodge it. Uh, but now she's a big celebrity. It kind of had the same sort of thing happened with Manafort, right? Like Manafort skates to his uh, he, to his you know his dying days with all of this money from Ukraine and all this other all these other shady things he did long ago, long before Donald Trump, until he joined the Trump campaign and he paints a target on himself, right? right. So now the media comes after him like crazy. Well, the same sort of thing is happening with Omar in that she won this race, she's elevated herself to a, a national celebrity, and now people are like, well, wait a minute, all that stuff. From Minnesota, you never answered any of those questions, and now we have a lot more documentation, and this doesn't look good. And now we have uh, additional documentation from overseas that locks in several chunks of the story, yeah. and it does look like she's committed. It does look like she's committed a crime. Now, when that happens, that's not felonies, enough. not not yeah. not small crimes, felonies. And this is not something you know. It's we're talking about taxes, we're talking about immigration, we're talking about um, uh, fraud, fraud, finance situations. Yeah. And some of that's already been locked down. Yeah. But the issue is like you, when it's it's not up to us to say, hey, a crime has been committed and she needs to go to jail. What needs to happen is it needs to be looked into. This is yeah. there's enough information here for a grand, a grand jury, jury to actually look into this with legitimate investigators yeah. through the legal system to find out if what she did is as it appears. So we will explain all of this on Wednesday. It's a special just for uh, Blaze subscribers. We want you to subscribe. Um, just go to um, uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. That's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll save 10%. Um, your subscription helps us uh, tell these stories. It helps us uh, fund what we're doing far as um, uh, far as people like you know Stephen Crowder and and everything, uh, everything that we have going on, and and get new talent. You can join us. Please join us. Be part of our team at blazetv.com/glen, and we'll see you for an hour special on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Alan Omar. All right, let me tell you about uh, Car Shield. Uh, <laughs> Car Shield. If you have, uh, you know, a broken water pipe that's flooding your home, um, you know that that would be that would be kind of that'd be kind of bad. You receive an unexpected wedding invitation from your favorite cousin. Okay, that's gonna be that's gonna be bad uh, one way or another because I gotta spend all that money to get there. How about you get notice that your property taxes are going up again? Kind of ruins your day. Uh, but those don't necessarily affect the long-term, uh, you know, outlook for your family. A big auto expense, especially if you have just one car and you need that car to go to work, you can't delay, you can't push off, you you can't avoid in any way, and you need your car to be able to go to work to make more money. Car Shield. If your car is out of warranty, when that check engine light goes off, you don't have to worry. Covered repairs are covered so easily. They even give you a uh, a loaner car, uh, so you can have a car while yours is in the shop. They have you know twenty four hour roadside assistance. All of it's covered. Just call eight hundred car six thousand one eight hundred car six thousand before it's a real problem. 
please get the extended uh, coverage from carshield.com. Use the promo code back, carshield.com, 1-800-CAR-6000, carshield.com, promo code back. So we all know what money laundering is. Uh, I think the left is very good at people laundering, and they may be trying to people launder uh, Al Franken now. Oh, yes. Um, it, it, you know who Jane Mayer is. She was one of the main people that made a case against Kavanaugh. Uh, and, and using like the third and fourth stringers when it came to the accusers. Right. This wasn't even the main accuser. Right. This is the, you know, down the string where, where they really started to lose credibility and everyone was doubting them. Came out with a, a, a long story about, all, about an accusation and with every benefit of the doubt given to the accuser and making Kavanaugh basically look like Satan. Right. right. So now she has written a new piece. Mm-hmm. Is it for the New Yorker? Uh, yes, yeah. the New Yorker. For the New Yorker, and this one is on Al Franken. And shockingly, the opposite has come out. Really? She's very skeptical of the accuser in this case. Really? And very much believing Al huh. Franken, which you can't, it's hard to understand. Hashtag him, too. I know. He, uh, he thought they were on friendly terms, Glenn. Mm. He thought they were on friendly terms. You know mm. what? At one point, they ask him about the accusations. He says it's just not true. Oh, oh, well, okay. Because that's so. No, Kavanaugh never said that. So wait a minute. When he said, when he said, we, I thought we were on friendly terms. It didn't Louis C.K. say the same thing? <laughs> well, yeah, Louis C.K. is even <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I mean, she at least the Louis C.K. accusers didn't even accuse him of doing anything that yeah. they didn't want, or at least didn't uh, say yes to. Yes. Uh, then there was. Uh, well, he's very devoted to his wife. Did you get? Did Kavanaugh get that treatment? Nope. Uh, no, I tweeted out this the, all these clips here. You, you have to see them. Um, then there's also, um, well, they were just joking around when the picture was out there. Now, there's no picture of Kavanaugh, let alone abusing uh, <laughs> right. Blasey Ford, but even with her at any right. point other and, than at a hearing. And it would be like uh, if they would have had a picture of Kavanaugh on top of her with her knocked out. Mm-hmm. That, that's what happened. Well, they, just, they were joking around with the picture. She was dead asleep. Yeah. She was asleep. And uh, going on to also say that, uh, well, well, since no one ever complained, it's not a big story. Well, no one complained about Kavanaugh either. And they went after her, him over. Again, like the, the appropriate thing here is to actually have a, a, a conversation about due process and how these things work. Uh, one, you know, the, We've seen this over and over and over again. It just happened with Alan Dershowitz. There's a big story about him. Uh, and the same thing, like now they're just basically accusing him of being with Epstein and, and you know, doing all these things. And his wife at one point is like, well, you know, it'd be nice if people actually like looked at the facts and just tried to find out like with real due process. And they treat it like it's like this alien concept. This is the United States of America we're talking about. At least I think it. Do, do what? Process. Do we owe, mon- do we owe money for some process no, that we went through? No, not like dues. That's no, it's like- overdue or? This is the Glenn Beck Program.